Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's happening, fight fans? What's going on, guys? It is your boy, your brother, your teammate, your fam, Ike Feldman at Iketagon, I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N. Find me, follow me, subscribe to me. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Everything at I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N. So, UFC 280 is in the book. Everybody seems to be wrapping up their stay in Abu Dhabi or have returned home from Abu Dhabi. An amazing fight card. A lot of controversy surrounding or topics of conversation surrounding the event. Let's start with the main event. And again, guys, I'm going to get you a preview for Anderson, Spider, Silva, Versing, Jake, Problem Child, Paul. After I break down the UFC 280 card. So, did Charles Oliveira get a fair shake, a fair opportunity to potentially make his case for being the greatest UFC lightweight of all time against Islam Makhachev by flying from Brazil all the way to the Middle East and Abu Dhabi to compete in front of a crowd that I would say is 97, 98, 99, maybe 100% in favor of Islam Makhachev getting his hand raised. Did Charles Oliveira, a fighter who possesses the most submission victories in UFC history. Holy moly. Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. He represents it well. That a man who's been on a 10-fight tear assembling a wonderful demolishing kickboxing skills, Muay Thai skills to completely balance his jiu-jitsu resume. 
did Charles Dubronx Oliveira get a fair opportunity against Islam Mahachev? And I say yes. I picked Charles to win the fight, yes. Because I believed in his skill. I believe that he has the number one skill for mixed martial arts, which is jujitsu. But no buts. I thought that he could rise above flying across the world, fighting a fellow 10-fight winning streak fighter in Islam Mahachev. I thought with all of the adversity surrounding the UFC 274 card in Arizona versus Justin Gaethje with the scale where he missed weight by 0.5 pounds that he would come out and rightfully defend his title. But after further thinking about this fight and the making of this fight. He lost the fight when he signed the contract to fly across the world. The UFC for UFC 283 in January will be in Brazil, Charles Oliveira's hometown. The ball is in his court. You would think, okay, if he can't fight at UFC 283, 83 in January in Brazil. Islam, Khabib, they, Javier Mendez, they, they don't want to do that. That's an unfair shake in their minds. UFC 282, December 10th in T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Neutral, neutral, neutral ground. So, how does the UFC get the reigning champ the greatest submission artist the sport has ever seen. How does the greatest fight promotion and Dana White, the greatest fight promoter, get Charles Oliveira to fly across the world? Conceding a huge geographic advantage by fighting in Abu Dhabi. How? You offer him a shit ton of money. So, like I said, Charles Oliveira lost the fight as soon as he signed the contract. How much more did they give him? 150K? 250K? 550K to fly across the world? And concede geographical advantages? He signed the contract, so I don't feel bad. But moving forward, like I said, 
UFC returns to Brazil for a big pay-per-view card in January. Charles Oliveira, as long as everything is still healthy, intact. That's the beauty of submissions. He was arm triangle by Islam. Blood choke, but he did not pass out. He tapped. He should be able to turn around. He could even take off the next three to four weeks and then uh, start a training camp from there and uh, be ready to rock and roll in January in his home country. Who would he face? Not sure. I do not have the rankings in front of me. Off the top of my head, mm, Not sure. He, he beat everybody in that top five besides now Islam. Justin Gaethje demolished him. Michael Chandler, a very competitive fight, still finished him. Beat Tony Ferguson. Dustin Poirier. The dude's been on a tear. That's why did not make the wisest decision. I mean, what am I saying? He's a kid from the favelas, doesn't have much. So to get an extra chunk of change in his contract to fight Islam in Abu Dhabi, God bless him. Do right with the money, but also train harder. On the other side, Islam Mahachev, Khabib's 15-year-plus training partner, Khabib's father, always coveted Islam as a training partner and almost like a, uh, a brother to his son. Amazing story, amazing story. He said... This is uh, Khabib's father. When you retire, Islam will be the champion after. And holy moly, it happened. They got it done. And credit to Khabib, Javier Mendez, um, I assume Ali Abdelaziz is the manager for Islam. For getting that fight done, good job. Good job. And getting it in... Essentially, your backyard, it's not Russia, it's not Dagestan, but third closest. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. If there was a freaking brawl in the crowd, like say uh, a Khabib Connor situation happened where Charles Oliveira talked so much crap in the lead up and uh, Islam jumped into the crowd, I think the sheiks would start beating the crap out of uh, the real Slim Shadies, a.k.a. Charles Oliveira's corner and team. I like the blonde hair. I do. It's cool. It's unique. It stands out. I think Odell Beckham Jr. started that trend. Talk about a trendsetter. This is about maybe five years, six years ago. A lot of people talk a lot of crap. A lot of crap. Throw a lot of stones towards OBJ's direction. But he started a trend. Are you kidding me? Give him credit. 
a man who is also starting to trend in the right direction. My boy, my brother, Al Jermaine Sterling, Funkmaster, taken down TJ Dillashaw mightily, dominating, absolutely enforced his will. He is no doubt the best grappler in the UFC's bantamweight division. Probably the best 135 grappler in the world in MMA. Let me clarify before Gary Tony's Gary Tonin's mob attacks me online. He might even give the guys at featherweight a tremendous run for their money. Think about it. He'd be bigger, stronger. I think grappling can transcend divisions better than striking power. And Islam talking about 170, woo, that'd be fun. Aljamain Sterling talking about featherweight 145, woo, that'd be fun. Sign me up for both. But quickly reflecting on the co-main event. TJ Dillashaw. The fight was over when he looked to the ref. He did not look to the referee against the San against Corey Sanhagen when his knee was ripped because Sanhagen was reaping the knee. TJ, I'm not saying he wanted a way out. But mentally, he conceded the fight when the arm popped out and he looked to the ref. Algermain could smell it like chum in the water. Jumped on top of him. Dominated. Just beautiful performance. Beautiful performance. A masterclass. And I feel less and less pressure will be on Algermain Sterling with each passing training camp and fight. I said this to Ray Longo. I said, I believe his toughest two opponents he beat. Excuse me. Three. Toughest three opponents. Making it to the scale. Against Jan back in April. UFC 273, I believe. After the neck surgery, the wrist problems, making it to that scale, huge victory. Then, outpointing, outscoring, controlling Jan, victory number two. The third and final. After dealing with so much adversity, not just from the clowns on social media, but from the mixed martial art media with the vitriol attacks and trying to understand his mindset because he had a couple of photos with the belt. 
ignoring, ignoring. An athlete's perspective completely. And the most disappointing take of it all was Daniel Cormier, who should know the athlete's perspective more than anybody. Aljo dealt with that. And he cut the head off. The bully. The social media bully. The noise. He silenced the noise. You got to respect him. And he's taking photos with Peter Yan. He respects Peter Yan. Peter Yan respects him. Can't ignore that. Al Jermaine's next fight might be the biggest payday of his career, and it's well-deserved. Could be in the March. Las Vegas event the UFC likes to hold every year. And that could be against the next man I'm about to talk about. Sugar Sean O'Malley gets the nod, gets the decision victory against Peter Yan. A very, 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 very controversial score. And again, I was very distracted. Shoutouts to Organically Connected Smokers Club. Shoutouts to Organically Connected, Patchog, Huntington, Ronkonkoma. Beautiful service. Beautiful venue. The storefront's incredible. Love it. The service, the products, the people, amazing. I had the opportunity to join MMA Avengers. So grateful to be connected with John Manimal Benaducci, Carrie Stella, the stellar one in the girls' corner. They got it done. Just amazing coordination of an amazing event. And just so much fun. Seriously, seriously. It was uh, incredible. I I couldn't imagine it going that way. And it was just beautiful. I was very relaxed. And got to just chill, broadcast, enjoy some Wonderful food. Awesome. Shout outs to everybody who is in attendance. David, Jeff, Brady, Dan, Edward, my mom, Manimal's wife. Shout outs to everybody in attendance. Great time. Thank you. Organically connected. Seriously. Without you guys. We would have just sat at home alone. Looking forward to the next time we can do that, no doubt. But my point is the environment was so fun, so loose, so carefree that I I could 
I have to go back and watch the Sugar Sean O'Malley and Peter Yon fight because I was not completely tuned into that to give you my scorecards. What I did say then and what I will say now is that the UFC is extremely happy with that result. Peter Yan is not a moneymaker in terms of selling anything outside of fight night performances. He's a killer when the cage door closes. But when it reopens, it's pretty boring again. Sugar Sean O'Malley captivates just a, a gigantic amount of people to tune in to see him fight. He has crossed over to superstardom. Casual fight fans know of this crazy-haired, gangly-like, well-spoken, trash-talking, Takashi 6-9 hanging fighter named Sugar Sean O'Malley. Snoop Dogg knows who he is. It's incredible. And that's why I am excited for Aljamain Sterling to put the whooping on Sugar Sean O'Malley and get that payday. Steal every bit of Sugar Sean's audience to watch it. I don't know. Ragdoll seminar. It would be bad. If Peter Yan is taking down Sugar Sean, you can only imagine what Aljamain Sterling is going to do. He's going to, if he takes him down once, the fight is over. The thing is, Sugar Sean will use that mental warfare to try to get in Aljamain Sterling's head, try to live there rent free, in hopes of forcing Aljo to step outside of what he knows and enter a kickboxer match which would not favor Aljamain Sterling as much as he has grown since he has entered the UFC. I believe in 2014. Sugar Sean is a natural striker. It is not learnt. It is inherent. But Sugar Sean throws a lazy kick. Aljamain is single-legged, pushing him against the cage, dragging him to the floor, hopping on his back, choking him out, and retaining the UFC bantamweight title. But you got to give credit where credit is due. The UFC's play-by-play, head play-by-play man, John Anik, Mr. 209. He put together some excellent matchmaking in the UFC's bantamweight division. At the top, you have Henry Cejudo, the former gold medals. Olympian, former UFC 
two division champion returning to face Al Jermaine Sterling. Woo! Big fight, big fight, big fight. You do Corey Sanhagen versus Al Jermaine Sterling, training partner, teammate, killer bantamweight, just a marauding wrestler. Marab Davalis, really, the machine. Sanhagen versus Marab. Sterling versus Cejudo. And finally, the rematch. All questions will be answered. Even though they were. But never mind that. Don't, don't, you didn't hear that. It never happened. Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Marlon Vera Dua. Now that's a big boy match. I love it. Great job, John Anik, matchmaking. I don't know if he has the earpiece and somebody's feeding him this information, but that is terrific matchmaking. In people say it's the greatest division uh, in the UFC. Maybe it is. So all those matchups will sell. And I believe all those matchups need five rounds of fighting. That's what was missing with the Jan O'Malley fight. You can't give Jan, uh, excuse me, O'Malley a title fight next. He has not prepared or fought in a five-round fight yet. Make Vera versus O'Malley. That thing could even headline a pay-per-view. Wow. Yeah. If you're doing the Hamzat Chemaev, Nate Diaz style of non-title fight, the the Jorge Masvidal versus Colby Covington, uh, style of pay-per-view fight. I think Sean O'Malley has crossed over into that territory. Make him a main event on a pay-per-view. John Attic gave me the assist with that matchmaking. I'm dunking at home, baby. Let's go. Sign me up. Cheeto Marlon Vera. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Headline of pay-per-view. I think Sean had to dig deep into that thing called will and heart and had to push forward in order to run through the finish line and get his hand raised, get the nod by the judges. I could see him and Marlon getting it on in April. How much time does Henry Cejudo need? Is March of next year enough for Henry? Do Henry versus Algermain in March? Do Sugar versus Cheeto April? And I would uh I could understand a Marab Sanhagen being a, a fight night headliner or co main on one of the pay per views as a backup. But all three of those fights, I would prefer for them to be five-rounders. And, of course, Algermain's 
automatically five rounds. But for the Sugar, Cheeto, Sanhagen, Marab, make them five rounds. Make them five rounds. That way, I, I, I guess now I'm furthering the point of why it's such a great division. They can go. There's no cardio issues in that uh, that weight class. They can finish, grapple, well-skilled, and they can go. Maybe it's now the 147 that boxing was with the Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, Thurman, Terrence Crawford, Sugar Ray, I believe. Maybe that's uh, Roberto Duran. Maybe now bantamweight 135 is the equivalent. I mean, you think about it, they're probably the same size as the the boxers anyway. Boxers, if they're fighting at 147, maybe they're one. They're under 10 pounds. They're they're cutting less than 10 pounds to get there. Canelo's the only big cutter. I mean, Aljamain touched 170 pounds the following week of his last fight. I doubt he's going to get that high. Um, but he's definitely 160 right now, 165 at least. So I know there's many more fights to focus on from UFC 280. Great job by Bilal getting the win over Sean Brady. Tough luck by Caitlin Chukagan losing to Marion Ferron. Ferron Chukagan will be back. She's always knocking on the door. Maybe one, two at most. Fights away from a title shot. Getting that Valentina rematch. Great card. Great card. So. Jake Paul. The problem child. Versing. Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva. You do not suck, despite her. You do not suck, my friend. You were 46. You've been doing this for at least a couple minutes. I appreciate you. You really helped me fall in love with the sport. I noticed it, paid attention to it in 2005 with the Ultimate Fighter, Diego Sanchez, Forrest Griffin. Chris Lieben really got my attention. Like, whoa, I like this. This is different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. But in 2009, when I saw Anderson Silva fight Forrest Griffin in Philadelphia, UFC 101, when he just entered the matrix, I fell in love with the sport. I immediately started training. And... The rest of this history. Big ups. Big credit. Anderson Silva. Love his style. Never been a big talker. You could say it's because of the barrier. The English barrier. But you could tell his style is very modest. He just. He's got a fire inside of him. And a playfulness. That is. An enthusiasm. That is just. Unrivaled. And it shows. He's 46. And he's completely. Enthused. About this fight against a, a man who is probably 20 plus years younger than him. In Jake Paul. 
Jake Paul, who's training like a professional athlete for the past couple of years, is trying to use Anderson Silva's name, resume, accomplishments to continue the climb. He figures by 10 and 0, he'll be fighting Canelo. I mean, maybe. If he fights once a year, Canelo's going to be 40, 42 by that time. Maybe. And he'll be 30, and he'll have, shoot, seven years of top flight experience on big stages, headline events. Hmm. You never know. Eddie Hearn, watch out. You might be eating those words. I like Silva in this fight. Okay. Rewind the clock, 8 to 10 years. That's the Silva that you're getting in terms of uh, physicality. He's going to be well hydrated with many liquids that may not be eligible for use in other sports organizations. Do you catch my drift? And if you're giving him the fountain of youth to drink from, he has just a Federal Reserve wealth of knowledge in that mind of his. His soul, his bones has seen more combat than Jake Paul could watch. And it's one nothing. It's one nothing. Anderson going into this fight. There's a clip going around the internet where both of them, the two of yous, they're having a dance off. And Anderson's always been known for dancing. I think he was on some Brazilian shows dancing many, 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 many years ago. He's danced following his victories. Excellent footwork, hips. Very lucid. In his offense. And he just reeled Jake Paul into a dancing match. Jake took the bait. You can't have more fun than Anderson Silva. I don't believe it's possible. He enjoys combat more than anybody I've seen in my lifetime. And I think Jake is confused and is underestimating Anderson Silva because he's standing eight feet away from a killer, an absolute murderer. 
and he's being vulnerable. He's dancing as well. Anderson Silva saying, I got you, Jake. I got you. I like Anderson Silva. I think the fight goes... The distance, because Anderson allows it to, I think he is such a presence that Jake will kind of be frozen. And Anderson is always looking for that counter before he turns it up. I think Jake may give him few opportunities for Anderson to counter. They will be there. The question is, can Anderson be completely efficient and effective at the first and only opportunity he gets? I don't see that, especially in boxing. With the extra pad on the gloves, it's a little more forgiven for Jake, who can and will get stung by Anderson Silva. He will reset, collect himself. He seems to be leaner. Ready to move a lot more, not stay stagnant. And evade and circle and get out of harm's way when necessary. So I like Anderson Silva to win a decision. Jake to taste the defeat. They do a rematch. We'll go from there. I think Jake is... He's solid. He has good fundamentals. Good technique. Power. I just think... Anderson... You could pay him $10 billion. He's still going to fight the same. He just loves it. And you got to respect it. Anderson Silva, I respect you. All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Iktagon. Sorry for the uh, the pause uh, just a couple of minutes ago. At Amazon delivery, my dog was going nuts. I don't want him to uh, jump at the Amazon guy. Um, definitely don't need an attack on my hands. Um, but I love you all. Thank you for subscribing, liking, retweeting, tuning in at I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N everywhere. Your boy, Ike Feldman, again, organically connected, much appreciated. See you soon. And everybody, I love you guys. Enjoy the fights. Don't forget Cater Arnold which is going to be a boxing match. Uh, Calvin Cater might be the, the best boxer on Saturday night. Don't miss that. I believe it's an ESPN Plus card. I will be tuning in to both. Hopefully, I will be taking the money of my friends and family in a poker game. Very excited. have not done a sit-down poker game or a poker game in general for years. So, I think the last time I played, my wife took everybody's money. But, furthermore... Very excited about life. Very blessed. Very happy. Guys, work hard. Follow your heart. It always pays off. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. 
Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.